somebody wake me? Yo, what's up, man? Is this thing on? <laughs> Jay Soderberg. That's me. John Luckenbaugh. That's him. Two podcasting veterans. One from the production space. And one from the outer space. And we're, we're, we're QNO. Weekly news and tips in podcasting. On podcasts. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Queued Up Podcast on podcasting. My name is Jay Soderberg, a.k.a. Pod Vader. I am joined by my co-host, as always, John Luckenbaugh, the founder uh, and creator of the Queued Up Podcasting Agency. Hello, John. Good day, Jay. How you doing? I am doing wonderful. And we've talked about this. Nobody knows it's day or night when we're recording. It could easily be three in the morning. Could be. But it's not because we have a special guest, and I don't think our special guest, well, maybe he could be up at three in the morning. Who knows? But uh, he has been hard at work providing some wonderful industry insights for us. He is the host of the Audacity to Podcast. He is the founder of My Podcast Reviews and the Podcast Industry Insights, which we quote numerously on this podcast. It is Daniel J. Lewis. Hello, Daniel. How are you? Jay and John, it is a pleasure to talk with you both. Uh, it's been a while. You know, we've obviously canoodled a little bit at, is canoodled the right word? Well, I'll <laughs> use it, at plenty of these podcasting conferences. And, uh, you know, obviously COVID helps to eliminate those sorts of things. But uh, how's, how's things been? Very busy. Uh, being a full-time dad and also trying to maintain products, add new features, launch a new product, which I'll get to tell you about soon. It's very busy, but it's very fun and challenging. And then seeing what the podcasting space is doing in response to and carrying through the world's response to the pandemic has also been exciting in some ways. And not to say that people dying is exciting, of course, but how people are leveraging new tools and getting messages out and the way the world is growing and having growing pains. It's all very interesting and exciting to follow. It really is. And I believe what you provide on a pretty much a daily basis through the Apple podcast statistics, which you can find at my podcast reviews or at your new products, <laughs> podcast industry insights is such a great tool. I mean, John and I, we like to quote them at the end of every episode because I think it's important for us to follow the way the industry is growing. Obviously, Apple is the number one listening destination as of now. And I'll probably ask you a few questions about that as we move forward too. But uh, what made you start to do this other than it didn't exist before you did? As you and your audience know, this lives currently or has lived on mypodcastreviews.com. That is a service that is designed for podcasters to get and see all of their podcast reviews and help them get more ratings and reviews. And I've wanted to evolve that product for a while. So a couple of years ago, I learned a new programming language and set out with the objective to create the new next revolution of that product. And in the process, I started uncovering all kinds of new data that I didn't know was even possible to get. And so I started collecting that data and just thinking, I want to do something with this at some point. And I published an article on the audacitypodcast.com uncovering some of the data that I found back in late 2018 and some really interesting insights there about comparing different podcast hosting providers and some of the active 
levels and differences between them, like how many dead shows are on this podcast hosting provider versus this other one, and then drawing some of my own conclusions as well as caveats from that. But I discovered from that how much of a need there was for the data. And without giving away uh, proprietary secrets, I'm so much more confident in the accuracy of the numbers that I pull than anyone else's because I know how my numbers are being pulled and I found a way to count these numbers and tabulate this data in ways that I think no one else is using. And that's why you'll see some disparities between my numbers and some other numbers. And those discrepancies, I think, are the result of the obsessive thoroughness that I've approached this. And along the way, finding that a lot of people were coming to me saying, hey, can you get the number on this? Can you get the number on that? Podcast hosting providers wanting certain statistics as well. And I realized there is definitely a service here and some ways that I can dig into this in much greater detail to serve businesses who are serving the podcasting industry. So taking this from a consumer-based, hey, this is just an interesting number kind of product to now a service that a podcast hosting provider or journalist can use to get reliable data on the podcasting industry. So one of the main reasons why uh, we wanted to bring you on specifically is one, because these are your numbers, but two, because I don't think there's anyone that would know these numbers better to sort of look back at 2020 and see sort of how the industry has grown specifically through Apple. And if you have any other insights, we'd love to share them on the, on the podcast for sure. But uh, let's stick with Apple here for a moment, since that's what we can see public facing at the time being and sort of where we ended the year 2020 on, which I think is a fairly remarkable number considering where we ended 2019 on. Yeah, it's 2020 has seen more podcasts added to Apple Podcasts and more podcasts launched than any other year. And realistically, we could even probably say more podcasts launched in 2020 than all the past years combined. There might be some caveats with that, and I am a guy that loves the caveats. So it's pretty close. If it's not larger than, it is very close. As of the time that we're recording this episode, uh, we have 1,779,502 total valid podcasts in the Apple Podcasting app. We're nearing the 2 million podcasts. Do you have a guesstimate on when we might expect to see that? I think we'll probably see that in February of 2021, considering how many podcasts are being added every month. We're seeing about, lately it's been 80 to 90,000 podcasts added per month. So yeah, I'm looking at February, uh, which will be insane because it was only last year that we hit 1 million and doubling in less than a year is just one crazy. Year. Yeah, according to your own stats, in April, we were at 1,038,661. So somewhere uh, towards the end of March uh, is when we crossed that 1 million mark. Yeah, it was, it was in April. So the, if you look at the chart, the daily and the monthly chart, it is showing how many podcasts were in Apple Podcasts as of the end of that month. Got it. That's one of those things I even like just wrestled over like do should it be the beginning of the month or the end of the month so i think it's better to say at the end of the month this is what the number was so it was in i believe uh late april 
that we hit that 1 million mark, which was exciting. Wow. I like that new feature on, on this new site, Daniel, the, with the monthly and daily that you can separate the, the two charts. Yeah, I thought it would be helpful for people to see what it looks like when podcasts, the, the kind of growth that happens just within a single month. Now, if you're looking at, the, and this is a little teaser for uh, what's coming, podcastindustryinsights.com. Everything you've been quoting from my podcast reviews is now over on podcastindustryinsights.com. There are all the same free statistics there, as well as some deeper statistics that are exclusive for insiders. And the daily numbers are one of those that are for the insiders. But it's really interesting to see how there's just this consistent growth across the weeks and through a month and how many new podcasts are being added. And the reason why I've started with tracking Apple Podcasts is because it is the number one podcast app. Almost everyone who starts a podcast launches their podcast into Apple Podcasts either automatically through particular boat services or through their own uh, willful consent. I know in a, on a previous podcast that I used to host with my good friend Joel Sharpton called Always Listening, we used to talk a lot about the additions and the removals. And I remember you said that there were some reasons why some days might sh- might spike more than others. And that was mainly because you didn't run it during the weekends. Is, am I misquoting you or misrepresenting that? Every day it runs in the evenings every day to capture what has been added and removed during the day. And it's very rare that anything is added on the weekends. You might see four or five podcasts added on the weekends, but there are still removals that happen on the weekends. And most of the removals from Apple Podcasts are due to technical issues, like a feed goes invalid or 404s. Or I found some really interesting cases where I think it was a podcast designed to be a smart speaker daily briefing five days of the week, only on the business days. So on their weekends, they're invalidating their RSS feeds because they have nothing inside their RSS feeds. So I can see that history of it every weekend, that podcast gets removed from Apple Podcasts. And then every Monday, it pops right back in on Apple Podcasts. Now, that's not considered an addition. That's a reactivation, which I track separately. But those removals are counted in it. And most of the time, those removals are from technical issues. Sometimes there might be a wave of removals due to other things, such as policy violations. Like a couple years ago, we saw that Apple was removing a lot of podcasts for the keyword stuffing inside of the titles or author tags and such. And that stuff happens here and there as Apple might go through waves of decisions that they have. And also, it seems that recently, starting in November 2020, they've changed their algorithm for how they're removing podcasts. So there's suddenly a drop in how many podcasts they're removing per month. Like normally we would see about 10 to 13,000 podcasts removed in a month. And then in November, that number dropped down to only a few thousand removed per month. So maybe they're being more forgiving on technical issues. Maybe they introduced a new bug that is maybe not being as thorough at removing things. A lot of things happen. Apple is a very big company. And sometimes when there's a bug, it can maybe take them a little while to fix it, but they're often aware of it and working toward that fix. Going back to the daily there, that's kind of curious because I had a, a client's podcast that was actually 
approved on December 24th. Yeah, Apple does notify podcasters of holiday schedules coming up, and they say there may be some delays in new podcasts being approved into Apple Podcasts. Now, that is May. And as we've seen, there are podcasts approved on or around holidays within those windows that they say they may, but you almost will always see them be lower in the amounts. Like if you look at the daily additions and removals right now, you can see that around Christmas time, well, nothing, almost nothing added on Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, and for a few days there. But then come January 5th, there's this big spike in new podcasts added because January 5th was the first day that I think all of the Apple podcast team was back and then they could catch up with a lot of those. So there was maybe just that one person there manning the fort and approving some (laughs) podcasts through the holidays or everyone just every now and then checking in. So that's why when Apple says that there may be delays, that doesn't mean you can't get a podcast approved then. But also, you shouldn't rely or shouldn't expect that your podcast can still be approved. Just launch your podcast and it'll be available when it's available. How's that reflected in your numbers here? You said you process it every day. So if Apple would approve that on December 24th, I guess that would show up on your 24th numbers or would that go to the 28th where it has a a larger jump? Right. It seems that when Apple approves a podcast, there is somewhat of a delay in when it actually shows up in the store. But the way that I'm checking it seems to not be susceptible to that delay, like any kind of caching or search delay or anything like that. So since I check the podcasts that have been added and removed in the evenings after Apple's end of business hours, most likely anything that was added during that day has been picked up by my engine. And so that's why on December 24th, there's almost nothing. In fact, you'd probably have to really zoom in on my chart and be super precise with the mouse in order to be able to see how many podcasts (laughs) were added on that day. But I have an API now that uh, more information can be checked. But there are certain times when it seems there is a, a slight delay, like maybe they approve it and it doesn't actually show up in their database until the next day. I think that's just a, a subtle delay in the processing of the systems. Uh, Sometimes it could be maybe they institute a particular timer. Like I believe it was around Thanksgiving. I might have the exact days off, but I think it was the day before Thanksgiving, almost no podcasts were added. But on Thanksgiving Day, podcasts were added to Apple Podcasts. That could have been one of those things where maybe they had a delay. Maybe their system was just behind. Like maybe they paused it on Wednesday and then realized on Thursday, oops, We forgot to unpause this, and so everything caught up. Daniel, I made the assumption, and I noted that it was an assumption based on your numbers that we saw around the Thanksgiving holiday, that there was a big increase in added podcasts on that Thanksgiving holiday and and through that weekend. And we had talked about how Apple had sent out that note that said, hey, there may be a delay. And instead of it appearing to be a delay, it looked like there was a big increase on the Thanksgiving holiday. And I made the assumption that perhaps this is coming from Anchor, where they can automatically, where they're basically automatically approved into Apple. Was my assumption off base? Uh, Maybe there's a slight shred of truth to it. What do you think? 
That's a very interesting question. I can't completely answer because we just don't know some of these things. So yes, Anchor seems to have some kind of backdoor into Apple Podcasts to be able to put podcasts into Apple without Apple's moderation. But Anchor is also slower at doing that. So I suspect that Anchor has their own special account with Apple. And I've had one of these accounts too that would let me add podcasts for my network. And I think that Anchor is still having a person go and add those podcasts. And that's why I've heard from multiple people that it's taking them longer to get their podcasts on Apple through Anchor, through letting Anchor do it than by submitting themselves. So I suspect that Anchor, whoever that person is, if it's a person, is still not doing it on the weekends because we still see almost no additional podcasts added on the weekends. And that could account for maybe some of the the holiday interesting things that happen or change. So if I look at the actual statistics for Thanksgiving, which was on November 26th, the day before, only 11 podcasts were added on November 25th. On November 26th, the day of Thanksgiving, 2,249 podcasts were added. Why that shift? Like why not zero on Thanksgiving Day and some on the day before? I really don't know. But if there was an automatic delay, like I approve it today, it gets added tomorrow, then I would expect to see no podcasts added on Mondays and podcasts added on Saturdays. But what we see now, and Apple used to have a very erratic approval schedule on the week. And I remember, I think, uh, Jay, you've talked about this, that you couldn't discern a pattern. Well, now they have a pattern. They've gotten more consistent with it, that you almost always see more podcasts added on Mondays than any other day of the week. And I think that's because they're catching up with all the submissions over the weekend. And then Fridays, uh, you see usually the least number of podcasts added on Fridays because they've caught up with everything that was added on the week. So I'm pretty sure that they add it the day of. What happened on Thanksgiving? I really don't know, except that podcasts were added (laughs) on Thanksgiving Day. That's the thing with stats is sometimes you just have to look at it. It's not one person's facts versus another person's facts. It's facts subject to interpretation. And sometimes we just don't know the interpretation. So the other thing that I found fascinating with the stats that you provide is the difference between an active and an inactive feed. And I'll allow you to define that uh, because they are your own words and your own definitions. Yeah, how to define active and inactive. That's something I actually want to try and get away from those specific words because they mean different things to different people. So I'm shifting towards saying 90-day activity versus 90-day inactivity. And the way that right now I'm tracking those things and measuring them is If a podcast has any activity within the latest 90 days, it's considered active. And if not, then it's considered inactive. Now, activity is an episode. That could be episode one of a brand new podcast. It could be episode 100 of a podcast that's a couple years old or longer. It's any kind of activity. So that's why I'm now shifting to saying 90-day activity versus 90-day inactivity. And I'm working on a new algorithm to try and really measure what we might consider active, but not brand new podcasts. So new podcasts are in the number, which 
as an insider exclusive, you get to see this cool graph that shows you the percentages and also the raw numbers of the active versus inactive following this 90-day activity thing. And it's really interesting to see that it's it's usually around the same, usually about 40% have activity within the last 90 days and around 60% have inactivity, no activity within the last 90 days. That shifted in summer 2020 as it was the catch-up with all of those new podcasts that had launched in the spring of 2020. Like in June 2020, we saw more than 133,000 new podcasts added to Apple Podcasts. That's the most in any month ever added in June 2020. And as a result of all of those new podcasts, therefore having activity within the latest 90 days, then we saw the numbers flip starting in June and going into uh, early August even, where then at its peak, it was about just over 50% was active and just under 50% then was inactive. But then that's flipped back the other way now to surprisingly, or some might say unsurprisingly, now there are more inactive podcasts percentage-wise than there were before the pandemic response. So would you call that like a post-COVID pod fade? I mean... Yeah, pod fade, pod flash. I have some different terms I'm trying to define. I think pod fade is a bit overused. Like people might say that the serial podcast pod faded. I don't think it pod faded. I'd say it ended or it's on an indefinite hiatus. A pod fade, I would say, is when a show slowly fades from existence, the kind of thing where the latest episode says something about the next upcoming episode, but it either never comes or it's very long in coming. That's a pod fade, slowly fading from existence. I think what we see often, and Anchor, unfortunately, helps facilitate a lot of these, are what I call pod flashes. They're a flash in the pan where they launch with one episode and that's it. There are a lot of single episode podcasts. And that's another thing that looking at the historic numbers uh, for the number of available episodes, and this is another insider exclusive thing, right now, of all of the podcasts in Apple Podcasts, 24.88% have only one episode. And that's of all kinds of ages. That could be older than 90 days. So this is just 24.88% have nothing but one episode in their RSS feed. Now, some of those could be those daily news briefing podcasts designed for the smart speakers, and they're factored into this, but I suspect there probably aren't that many like that. But then there are 37.54% have 10 or more episodes in their RSS feed. Now, those numbers have been reaching toward each other over the last year. Like about 11 months ago, it was uh, just over 48% of all the podcasts and Apple podcasts had 10 or more episodes, and just over 16% had only one episode. Whereas now, so it went from 48% had 10 down to 37.5%. And it went from just over 16% had one episode to now 24.9% rounded. So it's a lot more abandoned or pod-flashed shows, I think, 
And that's percentage-wise too, which is very concerning that that percentage is overtaking it. Of course, all of the raw numbers are going to always increase. So that's why I try to provide some of the percentage information as well. That's one of the things when I first looked at the graph, I was like, oh my God, that's that's uh, that's really concerning, Jay. <laughs> Eddie reminded me, yeah, don't forget, this is a percentage of podcasts. So while the percentage of active podcasts on the graph kind of goes downwards, the actual amount of podcasts is still increasing. So it's Looking at the raw counts, so in November 28 of uh, 2018, 2019, excuse me, almost a year and a half ago, there were 330,625 active podcasts with 90-day activity. Now, there are 697,000. The number of active podcasts has also significantly increased. So this is sort of getting to the the clutter problem that that you'll hear other people talk about quite often. If I want to round it and say when only a third, a little bit more than a third of the podcasts have really are active with 10 plus episodes. And obviously that number continues to grow. And I'm not going to discount the, the episodes that you have listed out here from eight to nine, six to seven, four to five, because those are obviously podcasts that have just launched that are getting to that 10 episode point, but more so that one episode chunk when a third of it is only one episode. How can we police that? Is there a way to police that? Is that something that we can overcome to help with the quote unquote discovery problem? I think it's both good news and bad news. I think the good news is that it shows that it's so much easier to launch a podcast and make it available to the world today than it ever has been before with tools like Anchor but as well as many other tools available. That is good news. Making the process easier for people to start a podcast is fantastic. I'm all in favor of that. The bad news about it is that it's so easy, I think there are a lot of unintentional launches and a lot of people who launch something and abandon it, and then that abandoned thing just stays out there for everyone. Like you compare this to any of the paid podcast hosting providers. Libsyn, Spreaker, Buzzsprout, Captivate, any of these places. When you stop paying for your plan, at some point, your episodes disappear from the internet and your podcast disappears from the internet. So there's very little pollution that happens there because you stop paying, you stop getting the service, your podcast stops being available. A free service like Anchor doesn't have that kind of automatic removal. Even Buzzsprout does offer free hosting, but and I've talked with them, they do have certain things in place that if someone hasn't logged into their account in a certain amount of time, then the podcast is deactivated and therefore it becomes unavailable and it's no longer polluting the internet. But all someone needs to do is just simply re-log into their account, reactivate it, and their podcast can come back. I think that's what the industry needs more of, is more of that automatic cleanup and just preventing things from being left out and polluting the internet with abandoned podcasts, as well as I'd like to see these tools provide more education to people and more of a notice of if you press this button, this is what's going to happen. And if you abandon your podcast, then this is what's going to happen. So really, the hosting companies should probably take this on more and more, especially some of those big hosting companies that I hear on some of those bigger podcasts about podcasting that complain about this clutter issue all the time. 
Well, I think it's easier for those bigger companies that charge a fee because they have that automatic thing built in. And most of their users probably know that when they stop paying, they stop getting the service. And that means that probably their podcast is going to come off the internet. That I think is pretty easy for those paid hosting providers. It's the ones that are giving away hosting for free that I think it's really on them to educate their users better on this. I think that's something that we were wondering before, Jay, is is how many of the one episodes were hosted on Anchor, the ones that were a lot easier to to get hosted on. Yeah, and Anchor is definitely uh, the among the top. Uh, well, certainly they have the most feeds in Apple Podcasts, and a lot of them have been abandoned. It's a very high percentage. Now, SoundCloud, last time I actually ran the numbers of abandoned feeds or inactive feeds, SoundCloud percentage-wise was higher than Anchor. But since Anchor is launching so many shows so often, that kind of skews their percentage. They're constantly adding to it. Whereas SoundCloud, not as many people are running to SoundCloud anymore. I was going to say, yeah, SoundCloud really has disappeared in the 90-day activity by episodes. And again, we're sort of looking at this from a one-episode to a 10-plus episodes sort of look. How do you read that the way the graph sort of portrays the way that podcasting is growing in the industry? Because there is a very large spike in the 10-plus episodes, which is great. And the percentage of 90-day active versus 90-day inactive is still in the plus column for the 90-day active in the 10-plus episodes. But you can see that that percentage falls uh, gets slimmer and slimmer as you get up to that one episode area. So how how do you look at this particular graph and what it tells us about our industry? We've heard some different numbers before about like if you make it to seven episodes, you'll most likely make it to a higher thing. I think the biggest hurdle for podcasters to get over is more than episode one. Getting past that episode one, like you can look at that chart. And the reason why I stop at 10 is because there are a lot of publishing tools that limit the number of episodes in an RSS feed to 10. So you really can't make accurate statistics beyond 10 unless you just simply want to know how many podcasts make how many episodes available. It's not like Twit, for example, has been going since the beginning. They've done hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Their RSS feed only has 10 episodes in it. So I can't look at that and say, well, Twit has only done 10 episodes. That would be an incorrect interpretation of the data. And I see some people try and make that interpretation. So that's why I just cut things off at 10. But what this shows, I think, is as you look at this, yeah, you see, you start to see that difference between active versus inactive start to shift the closer you get to 10. And then at 10, there are more podcasts that have 90-day activity with 10 or more episodes than don't have uh, activity with 10 or more episodes. That's encouraging to see that there are more podcasts taking it seriously. And that number is also much larger than how many podcasts only have one episode with activity in the latest 90 days. This shows that I think if you can make it to that 10 episode mark, that's that's your milestone. That's when you can really celebrate and know that you have reached farther than most of the podcasts out there. You're, you've got some good momentum going. And a lot of things happen around that 10-episode mark. Like even for my own podcast, 
my first podcast, a clean comedy podcast, it took me two years to release nine episodes. It was on episode 10 that I started taking things more seriously. And that was just a matter of the timing for me that I realized I was a pod fade in progress. So I decided to change the way I did the podcast, got new momentum, and then we did a few more hundred episodes of that podcast after that. You start to find your voice around episode 10 or episode 20. A lot of things happen then that I think helps lock in people's momentum with their podcast. So when you're looking at the numbers, you can start seeing that, okay, I made it past episode one. Now I'm in a smaller group of podcasters. I made it past episode three, past episode five. And then when you reach that 10, you can know, yes, I'm going strong. I've got some good momentum. I understand how I want to communicate a little bit better. I'm taking this more seriously. Another statistic I find very interesting, and this is the one I suggest people pay the most attention to because we can see these numbers and see that, gosh, we're almost at 2 million podcasts. My podcast is never going to be found. Why should I even bother to launch a podcast? I think one of the most important numbers on this chart, and you can see these numbers, they're available in the public statistics as well, is how many podcasts have released an episode within the last seven days. So while right now we're at just under 1.8 million podcasts available on Apple Podcasts, only just over 231,000 have released an episode in the last seven days. This does include brand new podcasts as well. But this gives you something to look for as these are how many podcasts might be weekly podcasts. So it's a much smaller number. And then uh, eventually I'll be adding for insiders the category breakdown as well. So you can know that this is how many podcasts there are in this category that have an episode within the last seven days. I don't have those numbers yet, but that will eventually be there. So you can start to see that the pond is getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as a podcaster, your potential to be a big fish in that pond is even greater when you start looking at who is being serious about their podcast, not just looking at the raw numbers and being discouraged by that, but being encouraged that you're part of a much smaller number with those who have released an episode in the last seven days. That sounds like that would be super useful for anybody that's new to podcasting, come in to see what kind of categories to list as. Under your, under your hosting service, right? Uh, that's something that I'm really hopeful that some podcast hosting providers will take advantage of the new podcasting industry insights service. And it's really designed for businesses and the journalists, the hosting providers and such. So if you as a podcaster are looking at the, the website and thinking, oh gosh, I don't want to mess with an API. I don't want to pay these fees. And I, I, I just want this one number. It's, it's designed for the businesses. So don't, Don't worry if that intimidates you. You can just go and look at the free stats that are on the site. There's no opt-in, by the way, to look at those free stats. You can just view them whenever you want and see that this is your target to be in this number of people who have released a podcast episode within the last seven days and try to stay out of the growing number of podcasts that haven't done anything in months to a year. Daniel, I don't need an exact number, but do you have an idea of which category in 2020 was sort of tops for new podcasts? It's generally the same one. It's 
kind of toss up between comedy and society and culture. Now, news has been really big, of course, but society and culture is where a lot of people are adding their podcasts. And uh, it is one of the most popular podcasts, as well as religion and spirituality is extremely popular too. And I haven't analyzed on that much the active versus inactive for each of the categories. I am tracking it. I just haven't charted it yet. No, that's fair. Since you had said you didn't have the numbers, because that was going to be my next question, just to get a general idea of sort of where it is. And it's honestly, I don't think it's that surprising based on the way that we've seen these numbers play out over 2020, where we have a giant spike during the height of the corona pandemic. It's come down here at the end of the year uh, as people have pod flashed or pod faded, however you want to term that. And I, my guess is that a lot of these people that were doing podcasts on their own when they were locked up in their house probably thought of it as a society and culture as sort of the best category to place their sort of verbal diary. That would be my guess. That, that's, that's the way that I would look at that sort of thing. And so sort of tying it all back together and, and looking again at sort of the difference between the number of shows that are podcast at, uh, at the 90-day activity versus the 90-day inactivity here at the end of 2020, and noticing that that percentage has gotten wider than when we ended 2019, understanding that there's a lot more, <laughs> there are a lot more actual RSS feeds in the Apple podcast app to make that percentage that much bigger. But it's also good to see that the number of active podcasts over the year has in fact doubled as well, or, or at least come close to double, which is also very encouraging. It's great to be in this industry because it is growing so much. And don't let the growth rate intimidate you if you're thinking of launching a podcast. This is still in the early days. Like you compare the number of podcasts to YouTube channels or the number of podcasts to the number of blogs and websites out there. Podcasts are still much smaller, but they're getting a lot more attention right now because everybody's starting podcasts. So <laughs> the opportunity is still wide open and you can still have a breakout success. But what's also exciting is that you don't need to be a breakout. You don't need to be a chart topper to be a success with your podcast because it's really about what's important to you. What do you want your podcast to accomplish? If you're just a couple people sitting around who want to have fun talking about a subject and want to connect with an audience too that enjoys that same subject and you're doing that, then you are a successful podcast. You don't have to make money. You don't have to be purchased by Spotify. You don't have to be in the top charts. You don't have to have a lot of ratings and reviews. It's a matter of where you want to profit from your podcast, even if that doesn't mean money. That's well said, Daniel. So going back off of our previous episode, do you have any predictions or thoughts on where podcast is going to be headed in the new year in 2021? There's the obvious thing, and you'll see most of the sites saying this, of essentially summed up in this one word, more. We're going to see more <laughs> of everything. We'll see more major podcasts, of course, more podcasts launched, more celebrities get into podcasting. We'll see more platforms come around. Like, for example, one huge opportunity. So this is a more specific uh, prediction. I think, or I hope, 
in 2021, we will see Microsoft step back into supporting podcasts in a more native way. Because you look at all of these other platforms, Android has an official podcast app. Apple, of course, has their official podcast app. All of these music-based platforms are supporting podcasts. A major missing platform in all of this is Microsoft. If you're on Windows, then to get a podcast app, you have to use someone else's podcast app. So we might see like Microsoft Podcasts or Xbox Podcasts or Windows Podcasts. I don't know what they'll call it. I would guess they might do Microsoft Podcasts, but that's my prediction. I I would hope it happens in 2021, but considering that a lot of development from a lot of companies has been pushed back because of the pandemic response, I'm not so sure what can be accomplished in this coming year, but that is certainly what I would hope for. I think that we'll also see things like the Podcasting 2.0 initiative, which I'm part of, and Adam Curry and Dave Jones are leading that, coming up with new podcasting standards, like things like enabling privacy opt-ins or enabling better statistics tracking, whether you're IAB or not. Certain standards like that will continue to emerge and I think help make podcasting and podcast consumption better for people. And especially with all of this stuff happening in the United States over censorship and silencing and and competition between social platforms and such, podcasting could be, as Adam Curry says, the last bastion for free speech. And we could see that take a, a major role in politics, in information in 2021 and forward. We talked a lot about Apple and you just mentioned Microsoft. Do you have any plans to sort of look at the other listening apps, Spotify, Google, et cetera? Absolutely. Right now, I've been focusing so much on building an engine that can do its job well and then getting the statistics from that. And I will soon be tracking Spotify, Google Podcasts, and some of those other extremely popular platforms, and as well as splitting some of the current information off. So right now, all of my numbers have been based on what I get from Apple Podcasts. And all of my data, by the way, is collected independently. I don't have some special relationship with Apple. These are not official statistics from Apple. They're all independent statistics. And I'll be working on that for the other platforms and splitting off so that you'll be able to see general podcast information, like how many total podcasts out there, whether they're on Apple Podcasts or not, have released an episode in the last 90 days, things like that. How many podcast feeds are available in on the entire internet? I want to eventually wow. get that number, some of that. Uh, now, that's a lot bigger of a project to track some of that. But then you'll also be able to see things like Apple added this many podcasts today, Spotify added this many podcasts today, and Google added this many podcasts. That will all be coming over at podcastindustryinsights.com as well. It sounds great. Daniel, I could literally sit here and talk to you all day long about podcasting. We've kept you longer than we asked you for, so I appreciate you coming on the show. If people are looking to get in touch with you about some of the things that you do, how can they reach out to you? The best thing to do, and this links to all of the products and services I create, is go to my website, theaudacitytopodcast.com. And if you want to reach me on social, I'm available in most places as the Daniel J. Lewis. That is spectacular. Daniel, thank you so much for the time that you spent with us here. Thank you so much for the work that you're doing. I think it's fantastic. I think it's an excellent addition uh, to the industry as a whole, and I hope a lot more people 
check it out. And I hope a lot more people sign up and and buy your product because I think it's fantastic. Have a great one. Thank you so much. Thank you, Jay and John. It's been a pleasure. John, if people would like to get in touch with you and about the services that Queued Up provides, how would they do so? Sure. You can come find us on the website, which is queuedup.com, qd-up.com. You can email info at queuedup.com or find us on social, LinkedIn, wherever. We're on all channels. And if you would like to talk to me about your podcasting needs and any sort of consulting that I can help you out with, you can reach me. Uh, probably the easiest way, DM me on Twitter. I'm at the real pod Vader. You can email me if you prefer using email next fan up at gmail.com. That's the email for my other little NFL podcast that I mentioned, but that's a good way to get in touch with me. I am also available on LinkedIn. Again, search for pod Vader. I'm very easy to find. I'm, I'm right here. We'll talk to you all again next week. There you have it.